1: Today I'm going to wrap up the, uh, the sermon series that we've been talking about on stewardship that we've titled Faith, Finances, and a, and a Fresh Start. Uh, today's going to be the conclusion of that series. So I hope and pray you've learned some things. Uh, I hope and pray maybe the scripture, the Holy Spirit has uh, kind of reminded us of some things as far as how we are to be good stewards of our body, uh, stewards of our time, managers and good stewards of all of our possessions, including our dollars, I kind of love how Andrea tied it in, uh, the spiritual spawn up. Yeah, it's very spiritual to take care of your body, right? It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that is one of the things that we are to manage and uh, take care of. We're not to worship it, right? But we're certainly to manage it and take care of it. So I think that's certainly some great implication there. Uh, so we're going to be wrapping it up today. Today I really want to just talk about one word. And it's the word Trust. Uh, Today, the title of today's message is simply Developing Our Trust, or Trust is the Key to Successful Christian Living. Uh, There's two questions that I get asked a lot as a pastor. One is, Pastor, how can I know God's will for my life? That's a big question. I get that asked all the time. The other question is, Pastor, how can I be successful In my Christian life, how can I live a successful Christian life? Well, I think the answer to both of those questions can be wrapped up in one word. It's a one word trust. If we're going to discern and know what God's will is for our life, we've got to be a people that know how to trust God. Lean not on our own understanding, as Dustin read very well in the scripture today trust in the lord he will guide and direct your path also if we're going to be successful in our christian life by the way you do know that canaan the land of canaan the promised land that we read about in the old testament that's not a type of heaven i know some of our old hymn books and song books typified as a type of heaven it makes for great singing but that makes for horrible theology it's not a type of heaven what it is though is a type of victorious christian living God wants us to live in victory in our Christian life. And if we're going to do that, then we must learn how to trust Him with every single area of our life. Uh, I was raised in a Southern Baptist church, a very traditional Southern Baptist church. Uh, I love the church I was raised in. It kind of laid the foundation in my life. But there was, we sang out of the hymn books, you know, the big 45-pound hymn books that you would hold up. You guys remember those, right? We, We held up the hymn book and we would sing out of that. And one of the old songs that we used to sing was the old song called Trust and obey For there's no other way To be happy in Jesus Than to trust and obey Trust and obey For there's no other way To be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Wow, think about that. Trust and obey. Hand and glove. It fits, right? So if we're going to be happy in Jesus, if we're going to be successful in our Christian living, if we're going to discern and know and live out God's will for our life, then we're going to have to learn to trust Him. Even in the area of our finances, the time and talents, everything that we have. So I want us to look in Proverbs chapter 3 in verses 1 through 10. Now i put it in your sermon notes for you. And the scripture, the translation that I used in your sermon notes is out of the New Living Translation. Uh, I just wanted to share it with you in that translation. Notice also I put a memory verse in there for you. I hope and pray that you are taking these and applying them to your life and trying to memorize scripture, which by the way, that's one of the things that our kids in our, our Awana program do so well is memorize hundreds and hundreds of verses of Scripture uh, throughout a year's time. I just love our Awana program and how the Word of God is being hidden in the hearts of our kids. I love that. So I'll try to put a a memory verse in there for you. This week's memory verse is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Now, it's in your sermon notes. It's not on the screen yet, uh, but it's in your sermon notes. So I want you to take that home, memorize it together as a family, know what that verse is, okay? The Scripture reading I want us to look at is Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. Now, Dustin's already read this to us, but I want to read it again out of the New Living Translation. It's in your notes. It'll also be on the screen for you here. The Scripture says, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. What are we to do? Store the commands of God in our heart. If you do this, notice the condition is on if. If you store the commands in my heart, if you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Verse number three, never let loyalty and kindness get away from you. I like that. Wear them like a necklace, write them deep within your heart and wear, wear them. I'm sorry. Never let loyalty and kindness get away from you. Wear them like a necklace, write them deep within your heart. Verse four, then you will find favor with both God and people and you will gain a good reputation. Verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do. And He will direct your path. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. You know some folks that are kind of in awe of themselves? Right? They're impressed with their own wisdom. Listen, get wisdom. it's not a bad thing. Gain knowledge. Get wisdom. Grow, mature, develop. But don't be so impressed with yourself. That's what Scripture's saying. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. It said... Fear the Lord and turn your back on evil. And then you will gain renewed health and vitality. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that your land produces. Then, notice another condition, then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with the finest wine. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word and how vibrant it is and how alive it is. And the Word of God, although it's a, it was written many years ago, it's as up-to-date as tomorrow morning's newspaper. We can get into God's Word and we can, we can find principles that help us even in the year 2017. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, the author of the book, the one who illuminates the book, the one who resides in us as born-again believers Give us understanding of your word. Open the scriptures to us. Penetrate our mind and our heart with the word. Help us to apply it to our life. Father, I pray for every need that's in this room this morning. Father, I know there are many. And I personally can't meet one of those needs. But Lord, you can. And I just pray through the words, through the fellowship, through the singing, through our time together here in the house of the Lord that you would Speak to the hearts of those individuals, encourage those that need encouraging, give, give wisdom, insight, leadership, guidance, decision-making ability to whatever it is we may be faced with here today. I pray, God, you meet every need in this room today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let me give you a few observations real quickly from Proverbs chapter 3, 1 through 10. You can write these down in your notes, but I want you to get a hold of this. Here's the first thing I want you to see. The commands that are listed here in Proverbs 3, 1 through 10, I want you to see they are all inclusive. And what I simply mean by that, I want you to notice there are no exceptions. Look what he says. He did not say that there would be partial obedience to the Lord's teaching and instruction. He didn't say that most of our heart would trust in him. He did say that sometimes he will lead us. Look what he said in verse number 5. Trust in the Lord with all Of your heart, right? Not a portion of your heart, not part of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do. Not a portion of it, not part of it. It's all inclusive, the commands of God. The second thing I want you to see is that the commands precede a promise. So we as believers and Christians, we're real quick to jump to the promises of God, right? And rightly so. I mean, it's great living in the promises of God. But here I want you to see that there are some commands that precede the promise. I want you to see there's con- some conditions on the promise. Look what he says in verse number 1. I'm sorry, yeah, lot of part of verse 1. Store my commands in your heart, promise number 1. For they'll give you a long and satisfying life. You want a long and satisfying life? Then store the commands of God in your heart. Never let loyalty and kindness get away from you. In other words, be loyal to the Lord and be kind to everyone. Wear them like a necklace deep in your heart. Then you'll find favor with God and with man. You want favor with God and man? We all do. Well, there's some things we've got to do in order to have that. Look what he says. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. What's the command? Trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. You know what trust is? Trust is simply totally depending on on God for everything in your life. Every one of you guys right now are exemplifying trust in a chair that it's going to hold you up off the ground, right? Whenever you sat down, you had 100% confidence that that chair was going to keep you from falling on the ground and sitting on the ground, right? Right? So you're placing your trust in that chair. That same type of trust that you're placing in that chair is the same trust that God wants you to place in Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. Seek His will in all that you do, and He will direct your path. Look at verse number 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth. There's a command. With the best part of everything your land produces. Honor the Lord With your finances. Honor the Lord with your income. Then we can live in verse 10. Verse 10 says, Then he will fill your barns with grain. And your vats will overflow with the finest wine. You want your barns filled with grain? In other words, you want to be blessed? You want to have God's favor? You want to live in prosperity? Now listen, I understand there's a whole health, wealth, and prosperity movement out there that's taken the truths of God's Word and exploited it for personal gain. I understand that, and that's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about, God wants to give you His favor. God wants to bless you, probably more than you want to be blessed. But those blessings come with a condition. When we do these things, then we can bank and rest in the promises of God. Can I get amen? Right. So I want you to see that the commands precede a promise. And then the third thing I've already alluded to it, the promises are conditional. Whenever we do our part, then we can trust God to do his part. Right. I mean, there's some things he's laid out there for us to trust in him to take care of. When we do these things, then we can expect to receive the promises of the Lord. Okay? So there's a few things according to Proverbs 3 1 through 10, I wanted you to see real quickly by way of introduction. Now, let me try to wrap a little bit of our stewardship series up with a few statements. Here's a few statements that we have learned together that we've talked about over the last six or seven weeks whenever we've talked about stewardship. Statement number one is simply this God, finish it for me, owns it all, right? I mean, if you leave here with that embedded in your heart and in your mind, you're well on your way down the path to being a faithful steward and manager of all that God has placed in your possession. We don't own anything, right? God owns everything. Everything. He owns it. So what we've got to do is be a good manager, be a good trustee of what he's placed in our possession to take care of it, right? And that's everything from your body to your home, to your automobiles, to everything. Take care of everything, your finances. It all belongs to God, right? And we should take care of it well. So God owns it all. Second statement we saw, that we are simply just managers or trustees of everything that God's placed in our care, all right? A steward is a manager. So every single one of us, God owns it all, we don't own a thing, we're simply just managers or trustees of everything that He's placed in our care. The third statement in this stewardship series, some things that jump off the page to me, is simply this, God is trustworthy, right? He is a trustworthy God. He is a God that I can bank on. I can put my trust in Him. He is never changing, right? All of His promises are yea in Christ Jesus. I can completely trust in Him. I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment. But God is a trustworthy God. Man will fail you. Oftentimes the reason why we struggle with trust is because we have been betrayed at some point in our life. We've been hurt at some point in our life. We've been disappointed In someone or something or some promise at some point in our life. But here's what I do know. You've never been betrayed by God. You've never been hurt or disappointed by putting your trust in God. You may have put your trust in what you thought was a godly man or person that let you down. But God himself has never let you down. Let me say one more thing. Don't put all your trust in me. I'm going to do everything I can to help you and serve you, and minister to you, and teach you, and equip you. But listen, at the end of the day, I'm just a man, right? We're all just fallen individuals that need to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Put your trust and your hope in God, because He certainly is a trustworthy God. He's worthy of our complete confidence. He is totally dependable. So no matter what your past may be and the violations that may have happened in the areas of your trust that you've placed in other people, don't let that hinder you from completely trusting in God. He is a trustworthy God. Can I get a witness? Amen. He's a trustworthy God. The fourth thing I want you to see is that God has entrusted us. God has entrusted us us god has placed within our care he has entrusted us with the possessions the opportunities and the talents and the time that we now experience he's placed all of that in our possession so we've got to ask ourselves how am i managing and taking care of the possessions that god has placed in my care how am i managing and taking care of the opportunities Do you think God places opportunities in your path? Sure he does, right? (laughs) It's like the, it's an old joke. I I really hate to even tell it. It's so corny and it's so old, but it's very true. You've heard the joke, and this is years ago, and stop me. Raise your hand about halfway through this joke if you've heard it, and and I'll shorten it a little bit. But uh, you heard the joke about the man that was uh, surviving through the flood, and the flood waters are rising and, and they send out a call for everyone in this particular area to evacuate their house and he stays there. And finally the police and the sheriff's department come by and they say, Hey, get out of your house. The flood waters are rising. Who's heard this joke? A couple, okay, so I'm gonna continue. So uh the flood waters are rising and he stays in his house and he says, No, I'm gonna trust God. Okay? So then all of a sudden the floodwaters are really rising and they're up on the porch of his house and getting ready to come into the side of his house and they can't drive vehicles around anymore. So they're in a little John boat and the security guys and everyone, the rescue guys are riding around and saying, hey, get out of your house now. The floodwaters are rising. Everyone needs to evacuate. He says, no, 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 no. I'm going to trust God. Now who's heard this joke? getting a few more. I'm going to continue. Okay. So the floodwaters are rising. And now all of a sudden the floodwaters have completely consumed his house. The man now is on top of his house, up on the shingles, on the peak of the house. The floodwaters are coming up. And a helicopter comes by and they hoist the ladder down. And they say, hey, climb up. He says, no, 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 no. I'm going to trust God. And the helicopter leaves. I'm going to trust God to deliver me. And the helicopter leaves. The floodwaters come on up and he does. Right? And he goes to heaven. That's the good part of the story. (laughs) He he dies and he goes to heaven and he's before the Lord. He says, Lord, he said, I trusted in you for everything. Why did you let me die? He said, I sent opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to you and you denied every single one of them. I told you to get out of the house. I sent a signal and a call for you to get out and you ignored it. I then sent a boat by to rescue. You ignored the opportunity. I then sent a helicopter by to rescue. You ignored the opportunity. So here you are in my presence. Listen, guys. How many's heard that joke? Most of the hands went up. Everybody can hold your hand up now. You've heard that joke, right? right? So here's, here's the point. God gives us opportunity every single day. But we've got to discern what God's will is. We've got to trust in Him and then take advantage of those opportunities that God lays before our path. Now, I'm one, just to be honest with you, I'm one, I'll stick my head and look around in just about every opportunity. <laughs> right? This may be God. No, this is not God. I'm going to back out of this one, right? I mean, I take advantage of those opportunities that come by. That's God oftentimes providing for us, right? God has entrusted us with possessions. He's entrusted us with opportunities, talents. We all have talents. Every person in this room, everyone under the sound of my voice, whoever is listening to this in the future on the podcast, everyone has at least one talent. You have many, probably, Many of your talents are lying dormant in your life because you've never developed them or spent time in trying to grow them. But we all have some talents and gifts and abilities and things that we can do in order to give back to people to be used of God. God wants us to use those for His glory. Right? Every person, I believe this, we all need a ministry in the church and a mission in the world. Every single one of us. Our ministry in the church is us giving back, giving our time and our talents and our abilities back into the Lord's house, into the Lord's service. Our mission in the world is being the salt and the light of the earth and spreading the gospel and the good news and kindness and loyalty that's mentioned in Proverbs 3 and just being a good representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Everywhere we go. I mean, so you get into some of the, time, the talents and then we all have time. Guys, do you realize every single one of us Every single one of us have 24 hours in a day to manage and take care of. Care of. Not one person gets one second more. We all get 60 seconds in one minute. We get 60 minutes in one hour. We get 24 hours in one day. We get 365 days in one year. Every single one of us have the same amount of time. But why is it that some folks really excel in life and can do so much in life? And then some folks just struggle to do anything. Why is that? Well, I think it's managing well the time, right, that God gives us. I mean, time is not a commodity that you can stockpile and store and put in savings and save for a rainy day. I mean, every single one of us are spending time at the rate of 60 seconds per minute. Gone. Never to be redeemed. Never to be bought back. Once you've invested it and spent it, it's gone. Gone. Forever. Man, that sits on me heavily every single day. I don't want to waste time doing anything. I mean, I'm 52 years old. I mean, I'm getting old. (laughs) For those that are a lot older than 52, you know, you're still a young guy. I remember when I was in my 20s at 52, you're old. Right? I don't have time to waste. I want to redeem the time every single day. And you've heard me say this before. I can't stand to sleep. I hate sleeping. Although I've realized when I got 52 now, those little power naps come in pretty handy, like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, right? You guys experience some of those? But I don't like to sleep, really. I'd rather be doing something. I want to be... But I realize you've got to take care of the body, and the body needs rest, so maybe it's spiritual to, to rest and sleep some. I understand all that. But God's entrusted us. This is huge. And I'm wrapping up the whole stewardship series. God has entrusted us with possessions and opportunities and talents and time that we now experience. And we need to take care of that. Okay. So let me give you a few uh, trustworthy thoughts here about God. Before I do that, let me ask you a question. Do we really trust God in everything? I mean, really, do we really trust him in everything? Now I'm at the place in my life because I've I've been serving Him and depending on Him and putting myself in situations where the only way out of it is for God to move and, and bless. I mean, you know, when we moved here in, in 1999 to start this church, and we're from western North Carolina, and, and I remember going into Nashville, Tennessee, which is our denominational headquarters office, and going into our home missions department, and one of the assistant directors of home missions pulled me aside, and he said, John, he said, is God really calling you? Now, this is how us southerners think. And I realize this is not the north, and this is the midwest. But anything north of Nashville, Tennessee, for southerners, is north, right? And uh, so we were like, it's, he, he was saying, God, John, is God really calling you to the north? And I said, yeah, I think he is. And something else he said. He's a really encouraging guy, by the way. <laughs> something else he said, I'll never forget this. He said, John... He said, I've never seen a southern boy be real successful in the north. That's what he told me. Looking at me eyeball to eyeball. This is the assistant director of church planting for our denomination. Now you've got to understand, let me paint the picture here. Sitting out in the parking lot was a U-Haul truck that had everything I had in it. There was a trailer hooked up to the U-Haul truck that had the rest of my stuff in it. And sitting in the front seat was my mother-in-law and my dog named Abraham, along with my family. (laughs) We're headed north, really to the Midwest. But nonetheless, we're headed north. And he said, this is what he said. He said, I've never seen a southern boy be able to go to the north and be successful. You've got your work cut out for you. Have a good day. So I'm scratching my head, and I'm thinking, God, this is on you, right? You've called me here. Now, we've had our culture shock. It's different than Western North Carolina and Eastern Tennessee. It's just different. Not that it's bad. It's just different. So we were placed in the middle of different. And I'm like, God, I don't know what to do around here. I don't even know how to talk to these people, right? Right? I mean, I was blown away. Get this. They realize I'm from Western North Carolina. I was blown away when one of the large churches in our community was advertising their church picnic on a Budweiser banner. I was blown away with that. Wow. And then I go to the church picnic just to look around. And there's a massive beer tent and a poker tent. And you go play poker here and win chips. And you go cash them in at the beer tent. And I was just, Wow. I've never been to a church picnic like that. It's just different. Right? And I could go on and on and on with stories that are different. But what I'm trying to get you to see is that God, I put myself in positions to where I had to trust in God to achieve and grow and do whatever it was I was trying to do for him in planning and growing and building the church. Now, the same thing is true of my own personal life. The question I'm asking you, do you really trust the Lord? I mean, have you really placed yourself in a situation where the only positive outcome or the only successful outcome in that environment or that decision or that situation is for God to show up and move, move on the scene? Or have you been completely in control of everything and you've, you've kind of rested in your own wisdom and your own understanding And as long as you've been in control of it all, you've been okay. Listen, that's not trusting God. Trusting God is saying, Lord... I'm taking this next step. I really don't know where this is leading me. I don't know what the step after that is but I believe this is the step you would have me to take today. Like Pack up from Bryson City, North Carolina put everything in a haul and head towards Muscoota, Illinois. That really was all I knew. I did not know the next step and then as we continued to grow and we had to move out of our building, I did not know we were going to have to move into a school gymnasium but that was the next step and we had full intentions of building in the church in Muskota, but I did not know that the city council was going to shut us down and say, no, you cannot build here. So we backed up and I said, God, I know the next step is to go to Moy School in O'Fallon and move our offices to Lake Point Center so we can try to continue to grow the church. And then we're at Moy School in O'Fallon and I, I run into Jack Schmidt, which owns the car dealership here, and he says, John Pastor, let's go have lunch one day. I want to sell you this property. And I say, I can't afford all that property. He said, I promise you, you can. I mean, just the next step, God Just started moving and moving and moving to where we are today. It's all because we simply trust in God, right? Yeah, we're just trusting in him. And then, of course, building this building, all that we had, and the and 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 the um, the the personal. Have you ever been? Have you ever been? What's more what I'm looking for? Have you ever been disappointed in people? Have you ever had people say, Pastor, I'll be right there with you. Maybe not Pastor, but but I'll be right there with you as we go through this. Yes, let's go. Let's go together. And I look, will you be here? Will you be here? Will you be here? Will you be here? Will all you guys help me? Will you be here together to help us grow and do this thing and build this thing? And everybody say, yeah, I'll be there to help you. And then one by one, watch them leave. But you know what hasn't wavered? My trust in God. Has not wavered. Trust in man. Sometimes it's hard for me to trust what somebody may say from now on. You know? Uh, Okay, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. I love you. God bless you. I hope you're right. Uh, God, I'm trusting in you. Right? Are you with me? Guys, we've got to get to the place in our life where we trust God. And when you get there... I know last week I preached on tithing and giving. And that's never a popular message matter of fact, you can go and you can search in our podcast. You can see which sermons have been listened to more than others. And, and, and really, those messages on giving never really get listened to again. They don't. And it's really, I left here last week so discouraged. And I went home and I just wanted to resign and quit. I thought, this is, this is just too hard. I'm done. I really did. I mean, that's what's going on in my spirit. I'm done. Nobody wants to hear this stuff. But you know what I'm not done with? And by the way, I haven't resigned. I'm not quitting. And I'm back today, right? That's a good thing. Now, I will not be here next Sunday, so don't think I've resigned or I've quit. We're going on our family vacation, okay? Uh, and Brad will actually be preaching next Sunday, and we're going to go hike the Appalachian Trail and do like 43 miles on that thing. So pray I do get back from that. But I'm not here next Sunday because I've quit. I'm not quitting. But I'm just trying to tell you we go through these things in life, but sometimes we've got to put ourselves in a situation where we're not in control. God is. And we've got to continue to walk and trust Him. Right? Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Are you trusting Him? You see, if we really trust Him, giving our tithe on Sunday and the offering... Is a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Trusting God in our finances and giving our tithe. As a matter of fact, giving more than 10% is so easy when we really get this when we really trust God. And I'm saying that once again with a smile on my face. Father, nobody wants to hear that stuff. But it is so easy when we trust, right? Have we really trusted him? I've got to hurry. Oh my goodness, I've got to hurry. I've got a few more things I want to get through here. Let me give you a few, uh, just a couple of trustworthy thoughts about God. I'll hit these kind of quick. Number one, God's care is constant. His care is constant. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, the middle part of it says, I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. His care for you is constant. He's given us promise after promise after promise. I will not let you down. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Now that's not me telling you that. That's God telling us that. He is a dependable God. We can put our trust in Him. And here's a promise where He says, I will never fail you. That's the kind of person and God that I want to trust. And He's never failed me. Oh, I have failed Him numerous times. But he has never failed me. He says, I'll never forsake you. In other words, I will always be with you. I can trust in a God like that. Right? So God's care for us is constant. That's why Peter said in 1 Peter 5 and 7, he said, give all your worries, all your cares, all your anxieties to God. Because he cares about you. We can trust in Him. His care for us is constant. The second thing I want you to see, a trustworthy thought about God, is that His gifts are generous. Oh, he, he blesses us far more than any of us deserve to be blessed. I look around in my life and say, God, You have been so good to me. I don't deserve any of this. But he's, he's like, I know you don't. Quit reminding me of that. Right? You don't deserve any of it. But here's why I'm giving you my favor. Because you've been trusting in me. Amen? You've been trusting in me. So I'm going to give you my favor. I'm going to bless you. And man, I can look around in my life. I am so blessed. And just the other day, I was thinking just about my life and myself and 52 years old and here we are and just a Burke County boy from Western North Carolina. And, and really, if I take you back to my, where I was raised, you're to, that's just an average dude. Matter of fact, that's just a below average guy. And it really is. nothing really magnificent about me except the magnificent God that I've placed my trust in. He is a loving, generous, favor-giving God. When we put our trust in Him. God, I want you to get a hold of this. Psalm so 136. I don't have time to read all of that. Great passage of Scripture. I put it in your notes, I believe. Yes, it's there in your notes. Go home and read that. Great. God is a, a generous God. Let me give you three things about developing your trust. I'm going to close with this. This is really the meat of the sermon. Everything else has been introduction, but we'll just take it all as sermon, okay? Let me give you these three practical steps that can help you to develop and grow in your trust to God. Number one is this. I must learn to trust him in times of adversity. Now we must learn to trust him in times of adversity. Are you going to have some trials in life? Yes. Are you going to have some hard places to get through? Yes. Are people and circumstances going to be and the odds be completely stacked up against you? Yes. Are you going to have some adversity? Yes. Are you going to have some setbacks in life? Yes. But in all of that, you need to learn to trust the Lord. Right? Psalm 56, a wonderful psalm. Parallel is Psalm 34. Also Psalm 55. They kind of all go together. Let me give you Psalm 56. Let's listen to this verse. And then let me give you the backdrop of the verse, the context with which it was written. And then I'll read that verse again. Okay, I can't be real long here. I've got to hurry. But Psalm 56, verse 4. This is David. He's writing this psalm. And he says, Oh God, I praise your word. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? What David is doing, he's learning to trust God in times of adversity. Now this particular psalm was written while David found himself in Gath. G-A-T-H. Does that ring a bell with you? Gath. Should Gath ring a bell? It should. There was a giant from that land called Goliath that David had killed. So now he finds himself in Gath. Now, the reason he is in Gath is because he's in hot water. King Saul now wants to kill him. So he's running for his life. He finds himself in Gath with the king of Gath that said, Hey, I want you to come dine with me. And dining with the king of Gath just simply meant I'm going to put you in prison. Why did he put David in prison? Well, long story short, he killed their warrior. And king of Gath is getting advice from all of his advisors to kill David because he killed our warrior, Goliath. Now, would you think David's in hot water? Yeah, right? The king of Gath wants to kill him. The advisors in Gath want to kill him because David killed Goliath. But David finds himself there because he's running for his life from King Saul. Because Saul wants to kill him. Everybody wants to kill him. And he's in prison. I don't know about you. I may have felt like there's times in my life when people wanted to kill me. But I never really had a bounty on my head. Nor have I found myself in prison. But David finds himself in prison with bounties, multiple bounties on his head to kill him. Nobody is David's champion. Nobody is his adversary. Nobody is there pleading his case. Everybody wants him to be stoned and killed. But yet, in the midst of those circumstances, David pins Psalm 56.4. Oh God, I praise your word. In the midst of that, David's praising the Lord and his word. I trust in God. Why should I be afraid? I don't know about you. If I was in that situation, I would probably be afraid. Right? (laughs) But David knows that the same God who guided that stone right between the eyes of Goliath and dropped him dead, was the same God that was going to deliver him from this adversity once again. So he pins the word, I trust in God. He's reminding himself, I trust in God. Guys, you're going to find yourself in some situations where all you're going to be able to say is, I don't have a clue how I'm going to get out of this, but I trust in God. That's where David is. I trust. In God. So why should I be afraid? What can these mere mortals do to me? <laughs> That's confidence, isn't it? Not in himself, though. Not in his own wisdom. Not in his own understanding. He's living out Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trusted in the Lord. With all of his heart, and God delivers him. Oh, I could go on and on with illustration after illustration with David and this, but we've got to learn to trust God in times of adversity. Listen, God's never promised you a paved road of gold and everything easy down here and living in beautiful rose gardens and flower beds and everybody loving on you and you having everything. God's never promised you all that here. Now, when we get to heaven, we're going to have all those promises fulfilled, right? We're going to have a mansion over there. Somebody said, just give me a cabin in the corner. Uh Uh-uh. I want the mansion that he promised in Scripture, right? You guys ever heard the old song, a cabin in the corner of heaven, right? You heard that old song? Give me the mansion that he said. That's what I'm going for. Give me the streets of gold. I'm looking forward to that, right? Let me worship the Lord in heaven forever. I'm looking forward to that. But here in this life, we're just pilgrims we're just passing through. This is not our home, right? You're going to have adversity. I got I got to go on. We got to learn to trust him in times of adversity. Are you trusting him with your problems? Are you trusting God with your marriage? Are you trusting God with your finances? Are you trusting God with your relationship? Ships Are you trusting God with your career? Are you trusting God with your family and your life and everything? We've got to learn to trust Him. The second thing is this. I must learn to praise Him in times of plenty. We've got to learn to praise Him in times of plenty. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving, go into His courts with praise, give thanks to Him and bless His name. Listen, there's going to be times in your life when you're not going through adversity, but everything is just good. I mean, it's just good. Oftentimes, when things are good, we forget about the Lord, right? When things are good, when we're not in adversity. When we're going through adversity, we'll find ourselves in church. When we're going through difficult times, we'll find ourselves in the scripture. When we're going through hard places, we'll find ourselves listening to good Christian music or trying to really get a hold of God or getting a hold of the horns of the altar and praying ourselves through. We'll do all those things. But when the pressure is lifted and everything is good, and we really have no problems and life is good and there's more money at the end of the month and we didn't run out and things are good. Oftentimes, we I'll take a vacation on God. Things are good now. Don't really need him. We kind of use God like a spare tire. When we have a flat tire. We'll open the trunk, pop it out. God needs you to fix this. And then when things are good, we forget about him. Guys, we got to learn to praise him even in times of plenty when things are going good. When everything is well, when everybody's healthy, when finances are good, when nothing's torn up, (laughs) learn to praise him in times of plenty. Let me give you the third one, and I'll close with this one. I must learn to depend on God as my only source. Now, this is big. I must learn to depend on God as my only source. As humans, oftentimes we have a tendency to trust in the instrument of provision that God has given us instead of trusting in him. The instrument of provision may be the job or the career or the education or all these other things that he's given us that we could use to provide for us. And instead of trusting in God as the source for everything, we trust in the tool or the instrument that he's given us to provide for us. Transfer that trust from the instrument of provision to God himself as the source. Right? Psalm 18, 10, 11. I'm going to close with this one and I'll be done. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. I want you to see the contrast in verse 11. There's a contrast here. In verse 10, we're talking about the godly. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The name of the Lord is the fortress. The name of the Lord is the source. The strong or the godly run to him and are saved. So when adversity comes, we run to the name of the Lord, which is a strong coward, right? Which is our fortress. The rich think of their wealth. As an impregnable defense, they imagine it, what is it? Their wealth, as a high wall of safety. Do you see the contrast in the two? One is running to God, the other is running to the instrument of provision, provision that God has blessed them with. You get me? You getting it? Get it? Got it? Good. Okay. One is run into the source, which is God. The other is run into the, to the instrument of provision that the source has provided for them. Listen, it's not a sin to be wealthy, but it's a sin to trust in your riches. Are you with me? God could choose to take all of that away that quick. I was just talking to Norm this morning. She was talking about how quickly she fell and, and hurt herself. And, and I said, isn't it amazing how quick something like that can happen? The same thing is true even of our current situations that we may find ourselves in. So don't trust in the instrument of provision, whether it be the wealth, whether it be the career, whether it be a job or an education. You know, I remember, I remember back when I took my first church, and this is probably a stupid thing to say, but I said it. I'm in a deacon board meeting. I mean, I'm in my 20s now, okay? And I'm going to pastor this church full time. And they were talking about my salary and what they were going to pay me and this and that and the other. And and I remember I looked at those seven men, and they're all well older than me. They were all in their 50s or 60s pretty much at the time. And here this young 20-some-year-old, still wet behind the ears, had no business being a senior lead pastor of the church, but there I was just... Once again, taking the next step, following God. I had no clue where he was leading me. Okay, God, I'll do that. There we are. And I remember sitting there saying, listen, guys, you can pay me whatever it is got to pay me. God's going to take care of me. But one thing I want to tell you, and this is what I told him, I said, I'm going to preach what God lays on my heart to preach, and my tongue is never going to be tied to you or a paycheck. Are we, do we make ourselves clear? We understand that. I probably would say that differently today. I'd package it, you know, everything's in presentation. I would, I'd present that a little better. But what I told them, I said, you know, because sometimes people just want to control you. I said, when I get in that pulpit, I'm going to preach what I feel God wants me to preach, and my tongue's not going to be tied to a paycheck. You pay whatever you want to pay, I'm done. Okay? Good? Get it? Got it? It's kind of, kind of, I probably shouldn't have done that, but that's what I did. But here's what I was doing. I wanted them to know, that the source of all of my provision was not in a deacon board or a church or whatever. It's in God. I'm going to serve Him. I'm going to live for Him. I'm going to stand on His Word. I'm going to preach what He says preach. I'm going to lead what He says to do. I am following. He is my source. Everything else is a byproduct or the instruments of provision that He has given me. I'm not dependent on those. I'm appreciative of those things. Right, But I'm not depending on those things. That's why it's easy for me to just pack up and go. My dependence is not in those things. It's not in a house. It's not in a paycheck. It's not in any of that stuff. My dependence and loyalty is in the source of all that stuff, which is God. That's why I don't have a lot of emotional ties to tangible stuff. It's just stuff. My wife would tell you, oh, you drive me crazy sometimes. But it's just stuff. It doesn't weight me down because I depend on God. Trust in Him. So I've kind of been all over the place trying to wrap this thing up. I, I at least got you to the place where you got all your notes filled in, okay? Let me try to wrap it up and end it this way. Tyler, come on up and bring the band. You may have to leave. I don't know. I know you got to go to work. Um, band, come on up and we're going to dismiss. Let me ask you the, the bottom question down here at the bottom. And I have it in bold and I have it highlighted in yellow for you. I want you to look what it says. Who or what am I placing my trust in today? Who or what? Am I placing my trust in today? I hope and pray that today will be the day you walk out of here and say, you know what? I've really had my trust in the wrong places. Today, I'm going to walk out of here and trust the Lord. Am I going to have times of adversity? Yep, I'm going to trust Him. Am I going to have times when everything is good and I really have no problems? Yep, I'm going to praise Him. Okay? And then the third one, I'm going to depend on Him, God, as the source of... Of all of my provision, everything, not the instrument of provision, but the source is God. He's dependable. He's one that you can place your trust in. He is trustworthy. He cares for you. His care for you is constant. He's a generous, giving God. Place your trust in Him. I promise you, He will never let you down. I did not say place your trust in me. As much as I don't want to let you down, I will let you down. Place your trust in God. He'll never let you down. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you, Lord, for our time together today and for your word. I just pray that today will be the day in our hearts and our minds that... We have transferred that source of trust from the instrument of provision of things that you've given us and we've transferred it to you, the author, the finisher of our faith, the creator of it all. The one who cares for us. The one who is constant. The one who said, I'll never leave you. I'll never fail you. I will never forsake you. I am a generous God. I will provide all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Trust in me with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. I will direct your path. I will guide you. I will lead you. God, help us today to transfer our dependence And our trust to you. When we do that, being a steward, being a manager, is so much easier. When we just relinquish all dependency and all control to you. We ask you to bless each one that's here today. Each decision that's being made, Lord, I just pray you'd solidify that in in their heart. Help us this day forward to trust in you. It's how we discern your will. It's how we live a victorious Christian life. It's the key to successful Christian living. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you've just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360 or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email... Or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.